Severin. I'm one of the volunteers here at CPK Sudden Valley, and it's uh, always an honor to be able to step here, step up here, and to be able to share what God's doing in my own life. Um, I brought this little bundle of Kleenex with me up here because um, I haven't been able to get through this content, content um, in my prayer time without just crying. I've been in a prayer process of just asking God to make me soft-hearted. Um, and if any of you know when you pray for something to change in your lives, God, God will meet you there. I remember there was a season of my life where I, was at, I prayed for humility, and that was a really dumb thing to pray for. Um, but recently, I've been praying for soft-heartedness, and I, it's not that different from praying for humility, in all honesty. It's pretty similar. So um, I've been in it. It's been a great um, learning experience, and I just love this series that we're in, um, this Hearing God series. Um, I think it's so foundational to the times that we live in. Um, uh, there's a lot of hard stuff that's happening um, in the midst of the year 2022, and I hope that in all seasons of our life as Jesus followers, that we're trying to listen in to the voice of God, but I think especially um, in this season of life, it's, it's, it's really important that this is our foundation as we move forward in the year 2022. Um, there's a lot of social shiftings um, all around us, and I think change, change can be hard. Even good change can be hard. Um, and I think that that requires a willingness and a soft-heartedness to, um, to grow and to listen. And so I'm super honored and excited to be able to share what God's been doing within me and that I, I think that God is actually doing um, amongst all of us. So last Sunday I thought was really special, the um, service. Sin and I were not here last Sunday. We live part-time in Tacoma. And so I actually wasn't even online during service. Um, uh, I came home Sunday afternoon, and I sat on the couch, and um, I had my headphones on and a, a blanket, and I was sitting on the couch, and I turned on service. And I can just say that even after service happened and not even being present in this space, that whatever God was doing here, he continues to do. And he did it in my living room. I was just weeping, and my kids were, like, playing around, and I'm, like, on the couch crying and having this Jesus moment. And um, I was just so, like, in awe at kind of God's presence and God's movement. And I remembered um, Andy, the guest worship leader last week, he, he commented at the beginning of service last, last week saying um, that he said, I believe that we all came here today with a need to experience God. And that really shook me, and I was like, that's, that's why I go to church. I go to church not because it's the cool thing to do as a Jesus person. I think we come to church because we're hungry in our lives to find a place and a space to experience God. I think that's what we have this, this desire for. We have this deep desire to intera interact with Papa God. Um, and recently in my prayers, as I've been trying to dig into what it means to be soft-hearted, I felt Jesus just saying to me, Amber, I want you just to trust me. I want to surprise you. And I realized um, when I was receiving that how often I expect the worst in my hard times, how often I'm like, you know, like trying to strengthen up to prepare for these hard moments. And what if I actually started anticipating that God would surprise me in those moments? Um, and that's just leaned me into this prayer of um, anticipation and expected, expectation um, to be surprised by God, amazed by God, um, something maybe even miraculous in my life. Um, and that led me to want to ask all of us this question, something for us to ponder. Where in my life do I need Jesus to surprise me? If you were to think through your life right now and the circumstances that are um, right in front of you, if you were to think about the hardships and um, the challenges, what would be an area of your life that you feel like, I need God to surprise me? Um, because that's, um, that's where I think he's calling us to, 
stop expecting the worst and start hoping for what his best is in our life. Um, when Jesus shows up, when uh, he surprises us in, in ways that we would not have expected, I feel like that's when the walls that can kind of cage us up in our life, they all of a sudden get kicked down by Jesus. My hope today is that that's, that's something that God's reminding us of, that there's nothing too big for him to handle, that everything is possible with God, that walls will come down. And I think that happens because Jesus is, is, Jesus is God in the impossible, and God is a God of miracles. I took some time this last week to go back and just try to remember in my life the times where God has surprised me. And what that made me realize is I have a lot of miracles in my life, and it made me really grateful to, to um, return and to go back to my story with God and to recognize there are a lot of moments in my life where I was expecting the worst, and somehow God, like, shocked and surprised me, and a miracle happened, and how easy it is to forget that God has repetitively in our life given these moments where we've experienced him in the miracles of our life. And as I revisited those, I realized that in those moments when I was experiencing God's surprises and when he delighted me and when these miracles happened, I had postured my heart in those moments to be soft towards him. I had a tenderness to me because I had this hunger, I think I recognized, that I wanted to experience God. And I think that's helpful for us to remember um, when we think back on our history with God. And so my next question for us is, when was the first time I felt the presence of God in my life. I'd love for you to just, even now in this moment, to like recall what was the first moment of your story where you recognized God's presence in your life. One of my first experiences of God's presence was um, when I was in college. It was my first year of college, and I was, in, I was just in one of probably the lowest moments of my life. Um, and in that, in that time, um, I just I found myself wrestling with a lot of hard things. I was facing a depression, um, pretty deep depression. I was dealing with uh, an eating disorder. I was kind of entering into a process of an eating disorder. I felt um, very alone. Uh, I kind of felt like every relationship that I wanted to depend on had fallen apart, and it had gone wrong in a way that just broke me. I felt alone. I felt rejected. I felt forgotten. I felt unseen and I think I just felt unknown. I kind of think I felt like nothing in that moment. Um, if I think back to what I was experiencing in that moment, um, in that brokenness, my heart, I think, was hardened. I think I was calloused. I think I was numb. And I was trying to fill the voids that I needed to be filled with anything to try to make myself feel better. And I was spiraling downward um, in this way that it actually put me in a position where I had this opportunity to actually just be hurtful to others. When you're that broken and you're that angry, I just think it's easy to hurt others. And um, I was just too prideful to acknowledge where my pain was. And so one night in the midst of kind of the worst of it, I was just, um, I had had probably just the hardest day and walked um, alone at night as a young college girl, not the smartest thing to just be wandering around in the city all by yourself, but I just, I didn't know where I was going, and I just didn't care. I really wasn't that worried about if I was safe or not. I just, I just needed to escape, and I didn't know where to go. And on that walk, I think it was probably a moment of when I finally had the ability to be honest with maybe myself and just acknowledge how, how much pain I was experiencing and how lost I felt and how alone I was. I think every day up until that, I was just trying to be so tough 
was trying to be so tough to just power through and get through the hard stuff and pretend like it wasn't there, but it was always there. And in this specific night, I was finally acknowledging how alone I was. And as I walked, um, I was, was wondering about, I came across this playground. And something in me continued to soften when I saw that playground. I acknowledged that, um, that that playground reminded me of what it was like to be a kid, you know, just to have that ease and that simplicity. And in that place of, of looking and, and staring at that playground, I thought, well, I'm just going to hang out here for a few minutes because I remember what it was like to be a kid, and it, it wasn't this hard. And so I went over to a sw the swings. Uh, swings are always my favorite thing at any playground. I still like to swing, even though now they make me nauseous when I'm on them. But at the time, I just needed to, to swing. And so I began to sway back and forth, and I looked up to the stars while I was swinging, and I, I just lost it. I just, I just cried for the first time. I just asked for help for the first time, and I just said, God, where are you? Where are you? I just, I need you. I'm longing for you. I'm craving something here. I'm so alone, and why are you hurting me? Why does this keep happening? And in that vulnerable space, I think I was finally soft enough and beyond my, my pride, and I was willing to just ask for help. And in that moment of vulnerability, um, I experienced the voice of God. I, I did not have a relationship with God at this point. I didn't know um, much about God at this point. I didn't know who Jesus was, but I felt the presence of God. And I just heard God's loving voice over me just say, I'm right here, baby girl. I'm right here. And I'm right here with you, and I've always been with you, and I'm always going to be with you. Just let me love you. I'm not doing this to you. I'm only here to take care of you. And it was in the midst of that pain and in the midst of that soft-heartedness that I was able to allow God to love me like I'd never allowed anyone to love me before. And it was in that place where I allowed God to surprise me in a way that seemed impossible at the time. It was, in fact, a miracle for me. I was in a place to where I was beyond surprised. In my opinion, I was home. I finally felt like I was home. God softens our hearts to better hear his loving voice. He takes us to these places of being able to let the walls and the barriers and the calluses go away so that we can better hear him. This was my first moment of experiencing the presence of God, of hearing God. And I'm just, in my prayer time leading up to this week, I was wondering, what was, what was one of your moments of experiencing the presence of God? Where was your heart at in that moment? Do you recall a tenderness in your heart developing as you encountered his love? For some of us, I think, especially in the year 2022, maybe we've forgotten what it's like to be in that gentle space and just to feel his love. For some of us, we're still waiting to know what that experience feels like. Some of us, we haven't been there yet. We haven't had that moment, and yet we come today, whether we're listening in or we're in this building, we come with that hunger and that acknowledgement that we do want that, and that is part of God's softening our hearts. Um, I've been jamming out to this song this week, man. I just, I just love this song. I, um, I've listened to it over and over again, and it's just helped me in my prayer process for this week. And I just want to share this song with you. We're going to play it here in a moment. It's only three minutes long. It might be the best part of my whole talk today, in my opinion. Um, so I'm just hoping that while you reflect for a moment on um, your story with God, I'm just wondering if you can acknowledge and remember I'm praying that he allows for us to just remember what it felt like when we had that humility and soft-heartedness um, to be able to just receive from his love. So let's listen to that song here for a moment. Ooh. 
that song and I just feel like there's just um, it's such a posture of humility that song says who am I to be loved by you Jesus and I just think that's the humility that I hope to um, remember that's the soft-hearted place um, that I want to stay in with Jesus Um, and remembering what he's already done in my life I think that just helps me to stay in that humble place of remembering where this story um, between me and God first started and I just think that's helpful for all, all of us The entire Bible, it contains um, a record of God's passionate pursuit um, of our heart. He pursues us with a relentless love. Um, It's the same love that defines who Jesus is, and that same love defines who we are as God's children. Um, The love that, um, you know, the God's love doesn't look like other kinds of loves. It's not the same as what we see in the world. Um, And so I want to dig into Scripture, 1 Corinthians 13 today, um, where this just is a scripture that I think really helps us to understand the character of God's love. It helps us to live in it. Um, The church in Corinth probably had a lot of ideas about love, just like we do today. Um, Paul sends this letter um, describing what God's love looks like, and I think that letter is really helpful and beneficial to us, too. So I'm going to first start with 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7, where it says this. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. This scripture, you know, I've heard a lot in my life, and I feel like a lot of messages um, in church, they um, they go back to this specific scripture, to the point to where I think sometimes as Jesus followers, we're like, oh, that's just 1 Corinthians 13. 
But I wonder how often we actually interact with those words and allow for those words to transform who we are and how we live our life. I myself feel very convicted. I don't feel like I have this figured out in any way, shape, or form. I was especially just convicted of what it means to not dishonor someone, to not judge someone, um, to not be self-seeking, and just acknowledging where even in my own life, as, as much as I try to show love, it's just so easy when we feel hurt to fall into this place where um, we forget that. We forget that those are the ways that, that God has defined love. And I think it's super helpful to go back on how um, Jesus lived his life and how Jesus showed love. So how does Jesus show love? He's willing to speak up to the oppressed. He reaches out to the brokenhearted. He's willing to invite in the outsiders at any given moment. And he is vocal in the sight of injustice. Jesus, he calls everyone to more. God loves us right where we are at, but he loves us too much to let us stay right where we are at, which is why there is always a call for more. I'm not sure about you, I don't want to be an individual that wears Jesus on my sleeve, where I say I'm a Jesus follower, but I don't actually allow for words like ex those that exist in 1 Corinthians 13 to shape who I am as a person. I want to find a way to continue to put Jesus at my center. In this secular world, there's a lot of happenings that push God to the outer margins of our lives. And when that happens, when God's in the outer margins of our lives, what happens is there is this void in the middle of our lives where God is supposed to be and intended to be, but instead we start relying on the wrong messages. And some of those messages come in the form of news and media and consumerism. We get ourselves wrapped up in the wrong conversations and arguments, and we can debate and we can um, have these rampage moments where we can start to boast and, and, and prove that we know the better way, that we are better than others. And I just don't know that that is the foundation that Jesus calls us to. I don't know that that is the love that we're supposed to build our lives upon. Um, and I think that if we can recenter and recalibrate and move, move Jesus back to the center, we can start to reevaluate our day-to-day -day happenings and the battles start to look a lot different for us. The battle does not, um, the battle's not that person that's in our way. The battle is not that person that is judging us right now. The battle doesn't get to be the politics. The battle doesn't get to be our employer. The battle doesn't get to be our employment status. The battle doesn't get to be who's vaccinated and who's not vaccinated. The battle doesn't get to be, oh, that person is so different than me, I can't even relate to them. The battle is not the diagnosis that the doctor just gave us, the bad news. The, the battle doesn't get to be the illness that we've been fighting for so long and just can't get past. These are all so important. You know, these things are so meaningful and so important in our lives. And we don't ignore them. We don't run away from them. But these are our opportunities to trust in God. These are our opportunities to, um, to show God's love and to dwell in God's love. The battle is not that, though. The battle is what's right in here. The battle always starts with what is at our center and what is in our hearts. The battle is determined by where we place our hope. And I think that's one of the, um, the concepts that I really had to go back to in some of my most devastating moments over the last several years is where do I place my hope? And I think that's such an important thing for us to reflect on when we're dealing with anxiety and stress and frustrations. Where we place our hope informs us on the voices that we listen to. The voices we let inform us affect how we interact with the world. Whatever we allow to fill us affects what we will overflow with. Here, Paul again in um, the Christian Bible is um, saying this prayer um, to the church 
in Rome. And I want to just read this for us. It's in Romans 15, 13, and it says, May the God of hope fill you and with, with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. To recap that, it's saying what we fill our lives with, if it's of God, we get to overflow with that in the presence of the Holy Spirit, by the power of the Holy Spirit. So when we fill ourselves with God's goodness and God's love and God's hope, we get to, not in our own strength and what we thought we were capable of, but in the strength of God and the power of the Holy Spirit, we get to overflow with that in the lives of others. When we allow God's voice of hope to fill us, we overflow with hope in ways beyond what we ever thought possible. Because um, God gives us what we um, would have never had otherwise. Um, I want to kind of enter into this last portion of my message today and just highlight, I think, what it means to allow the holy presence of God to guide us, to interact and respond to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a word I'm going to use in this section quite a bit. The Holy Spirit is um, the living presence of God in our lives. When we receive Jesus, we also receive the Spirit of God. And sometimes I think we shy away um, from talking about the Holy Spirit um, because we get a little worried that it means that we have to start doing or acting in ways that um, maybe feel fake, maybe they feel uncomfortable, maybe they feel forced. And I definitely have been in experiences where um, I've watched Jesus followers get so excited about the Holy Spirit acts that the foundation of where those acts are supposed to come from sort of get turned into the secondary. We want to always have the foundation of God's love before we step in to um, really moving within the spiritual acts of God. So if we go back to what Paul wrote to um, the church in Corinth, we go to 1 Corinthians 13. I'll start with 1 through 3. It says, If I speak in tongues of men or of angels but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and I give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love, I'm going to move to um, 8, 8 through 13 next. Love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when completeness comes, um, what is in part disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I, came, when I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. For now we see only a reflection as in the mirror, then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. The scripture isn't guiding us away from um, maneuvering and interacting with the acts of God's Holy Spirit. It is setting for us the foundation of where those acts are to come from. Um, the way that God wants to move in our lives, the um, spiritual movement of God, it's, it's, it's designed to be at its best, and it's designed to be life-changing when we first operate out of our faith and our hope and our love in Jesus. Experiencing the Spirit of God can be a little weird. I think it, it seems a little strange to talk about. It can at times feel like um, sometimes God is asking us to do something beyond what we would normally do. Um, and I think we have to remember that as the scripture says, we only know in part what God is up to. When Jesus returns, 
he will know, uh, we will know in full. Um, but for now, the best we can do is try to stay humble and try to recognize that we don't have all of the answers and we don't have the full picture. But um, you know, it's very easy, especially, I don't know, I'm kind of a control freak. I like to know the full picture. I like to know what the risks and the benefits are of every situation before I step into it. Um, and so it's very, very scary to step in and do something that I feel like God might be prompting me to do. Um, I'm a little worried that I'll either look ridiculous or I'll just be, you know, doing something that maybe is wrong. But I have to remember, I don't know in full. I can only be obedient to what you're asking of me. Um, but if what God is asking us to do is rooted in our faith in him, and if it is rooted in our hope in him, and if it looks, um, if it looks like the love that only Jesus can provide us, well, that probably means that Jesus wants to overflow out of our lives and change someone else's life. Um, I read this quote this week. I loved it. Um, it's uh, Craig Rochelle from Pastor, he's a pastor of Life Church. And it says, we are not spiritual consumers. We are spiritual contributors. This church does not exist for us, but we are the church and we exist for the world. Lives, um, lives can get changed when we listen to God's spirit and we respond with a bold gentleness. When we become spiritual contributors. I have this sense um, a lot lately. I, I pray often for our community here. Um, and I just have had this real sense that God is... Um, entering into this just season of abundance. I feel a blessing that's coming on us, and I'm super excited about this blessing. Um, and I think along with just the, the good blessings that God has, specifically between now and Easter, I just really sense this with God, um, I think that there will come with that some really cool spiritual gifts. Um, I think there are other things that are coming too. I just, I'm excited about it all. Um, but I think God has this full package of spiritual gifts to surprise us with. Um, I think right here um, in our community, um, Jesus is awakening these spiritual gifts. And, um, and just to kind of clarify, a spiritual gift is any gift God wants to give us to help, um, just to help us in our lives and to help us love other people in our lives. Um, but here are some of the giftings that I, I just think are present and are stirring. Um, I think we have some prophetic giftings among us, which the prophetic is when we are speaking God's in encouraging truths over people. Um, we have spiritual dreamers among, among us, which um, having dreams of hope or um, sometimes God will warn us of things to come in our, in our dreams. Um, spiritual healers where we, we pray for, for physical and for heart healing. Um, we have intercessors here um, that are people who, who cry out to God on behalf of others. And uh, we have prayer languages among us, which is where the Holy Spirit prays through us. And I think we have a lot of worship giftings. Christ, you ready? I think we have a lot of worship giftings around us. And I think that we have uh, an abundance of just spiritual encouragers, just people that um, are going. And we already are these things. I just feel like I feel like there's going to be just more. I just feel this more coming. Um, and so I want to invite the worship team to come on up as I get to kind of the last part of um, my message this morning. But as the worship team comes up, they're going to be kind of getting set up. But um, I just want to encourage you to listen on this last little bit, because I, I really do believe that God has something for all of us to receive this morning. I wanted to highlight maybe what it feels like to um, recognize where some of our spiritual giftings are. Um, I was just thinking about this in my own journey um, 
It took me a long time to figure out how to step into my spiritual giftings. I was a kid that um, didn't believe I had a voice that had any value to it at all. In the classroom, I would, if a teacher called on me, for example, I would, I would literally, my, my voice wouldn't work. I would try to answer even if I knew the answer. My voice would just, it didn't work. I, I couldn't speak out loud in front of people. I think part of that related to some lies that I lived under. I, I didn't think I had a voice that mattered. I felt like I was a fake most of the time. Um, I felt pretty worthless. Um, I just didn't feel like there was anything inside of me that was available to give. Um, and so God has done quite a bit to get, take me from that, um, that young child um, to being someone who stands on stage and gives messages. Um, but also, I, I, in my youth, I would have what's called night terrors. I'm sure many of you have had those before, where um, you just get tormented in your sleep. And I had it up until college, and I was dating Sven in college, and Sven, um, he goes, well, you know you can pray for that. I'm like, what? I didn't know that. I didn't know you could just pray for things like that. I didn't, I would, was to, to not grow up in an environment where you could pray for, for God to, like, change things. And so I was like, okay, so Sven prayed with me, and the night terrors went away. I was, it was just, God just removed them. And what I have come to know now is that I have a prophetic gifting. I have the ability to see things for people. I have encouraging words that God gives me. And over the last one to two years, I've come to acknowledge that God gives me dreams that are for, um, for loving people. Like, God speaks through me through my dreams. And this is all very new to me. So all of those years of believing I was worthless, all of those years of torment in my sleep, those were um, what we know as spiritual warfare. Um, spiritual warfare is when Satan feeds us lies um, and spiritually attacks us to prevent us from recognizing God's spirit. And I just felt like in closing today, I wanted to really emphasize this one thing, um, that wherever we in our lives are the most spiritually attacked is often where God has empowered us to be lights to the world. I just want to say that one more time. Wherever in your life you feel the most spiritually attacked, wherever you feel the most fear, wherever you have the most lies that you operate out of, um, wherever those attacks are in your life, that is often where God has empowered you to be light to the world. That is where your spiritual giftings are. And um, so I want to pray a blessing over us. I want to pray a blessing um, that we would just be receptive to whatever he wants to break in our lives this morning, and then we'll enter into worship. But I'm just asking as we go into this um, prayer that you would just have a soft-heartedness and a willingness to just open yourself to whatever God is already doing within you, whether that's in this room or at home, listening in. Um, I, just, I just ask you to posture yourself in such a way to where you're just receptive to whatever God might have for you. So Jesus, we just come before you this morning just willing to listen. We just have the uh, longing to experience you, God. I believe that for every person here, every person listening in right now, Jesus, I just know you're running after them. You want to encounter them. You want them to encounter you. And Holy Spirit, I just ask for you, Lord, to just make us aware that you are with us right now. I pray that you would uh, change something about how we even acknowledge your presence in this moment, that we would we would sense just physically over our bodies your comfortable blanket, Lord, that we would feel the heaviness of your spirit. You are the mighty comforter. You're the mighty healer. And you have given us good gifts. And Jesus, I just pray the blessing of those gifts to awaken in this season. That you would 
in the name of Jesus, break any lies and any spiritual attacks in our lives, that we would no longer operate out of those lies and no longer operate out of those fears, Jesus, but that you would give us a gentle boldness to just sit and operate, Lord, in the spiritual giftings that you've given us to shine like lights, not only for our own physical healing, our own mental healing, our own spiritual healing, Jesus, but so that we can also be spiritual contributors to pour over into the lives of others. I pray for a blessing of whatever good gifts you have for us, God. We receive those today. I just specifically feel God really wanting to work on a few, like just specific things. And this has been something I've just felt all week long. And I just pray, Jesus, in your name, that um, if anyone, if anyone listening in here today is struggling with feeling isolated or alone, God, that they would know that you see them and that you are with them, that they are your child. You are all around them. You surround them. If anyone feels unaccepted, like they've been rejected or forgotten, or that they're not known, that Jesus, that you, you delight in them, that you, you made them wonderfully and perfectly, you've designed them, Lord, and you, you want to be in every aspect of their lives. Allow for them to know that they belong in your family, Jesus. That you embrace them and that you're right here with them. I want to specifically pray over depression and anxiety. I just think there's a lot of that these days, and I just pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you would break us out of that. Wherever that we are just being held back by that depression and that anxiety, Jesus, that you would meet us there. I want to pray against any self-harm, any thoughts about self-harm, Lord, that you would allow for us to recognize that you cherish us, that you celebrate us, and that you have so much more for us. Let us lean into your promise and your love, God. I pray in the name of Jesus uh, against any spiritual warfare and dreams. That if anyone in this, um, in this room or listening in has struggled with night terrors, that in the name of Jesus, I ask for you to remove those night terrors. In the name of Jesus, you would replace that with your visions and your spiritual dreams and your, your voice of hope. I think some of us um, are in a place where we just need a little bit of hope in regards to what we've been told lately. I feel like God um, wants to just outpour, pour over you, anoint you with his hope. We received news, we received a diagnosis, we received something that was shocking to us. I just think Jesus wants you to know that he is in this with you. Jesus, I ask for your healing where we need healing. And I ask for your hope where we feel like we really desperately need you to be our hope. God, we just want to give you our life. So we want to love as you called us to love. So would you show us what that looks like in our lives? Would you show us how to love again the way you've called us to love? Let you, Lord, let, let you just define us. Let you redefine who we are and define how we live our lives. Thank you, Jesus, for all of what you're doing and what you will continue to do. 
we know there's more. And wherever you're at right now, if you feel the presence of God just pouring over you and speaking to you, just be. Just be right where you're at. And if God is prompting your heart to go encourage someone or pray over someone, then feel freedom to do that as well. Well, let's just soak in what he's doing and enjoy that. <laughs>